Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, we're going to do something we don't often do. We're going to start with pro basketball. It's that time of year, yeah. It's trade deadline time. And it's been an interesting trade deadline. We've already had, you know, somewhat big names get traded before the All-Star break with Serge Ibaka getting dealt by the Magic in a short-lived experiment with him being there. Right. But now the big news, the thing that dwarfs everything else, is Boogie Cousins being dealt by the Kings the same weekend, just a day after he said he wanted to have his jersey hanging in the rafters in Sacramento and that he planned to sign his max extension with Sacramento at the start of summer. Uh, Yeah. You know, he gets dealt to the Pelicans to team up with Davis in exchange for uh, a not-quite-who's-who of guards and picks. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, apparently they, you know, the the Kings ownership apparently thinks that Buddy Heald is is the next big thing, and um, you know, he had a he had a great senior season in college, obviously, but has not really proven himself all that much in his rookie year. Now it's you know it's just his rookie year, but you know you you look for those four year guys to come in and be able to give you something right away, and he hasn't really been that good and. Um, you know, and then a first round pick this year in a deep draft. Um, but if, you know, if things go right for the Pelicans, they can at least maybe steal the eight seed. And that, that first round pick is probably, you know, 16, something like that. Really a great prize if that's what they end up with. Well, let's start with talking about healed first. Healed's obviously the gem of this. And, And something else to keep in mind is the Kings needed to not get better this season because they had a weird trade protection where they right. need to, you know, have a have a top ten pick, but not, I believe, a top three pick. Right. So Right. It's yeah, it's very strange. Yeah. Yeah. All these all these machinations that teams do to try to hold on to their pick is is uh, sometimes hard to keep track of. But they make this trade, they deal boogie, buddy healed. Obviously, took a little while to develop at Oklahoma. That's why you're there four mm-hmm. years and still wind up a first-round pick. Sure. But the question I have is, will he be given enough time in Sacramento? Because no matter what, he will be the guy who was traded for Cousins, and he'll, right. in my estimation, never reach you know, the dominant force no. that Cousins can no. be when he's not suspended. I agree. Exactly, exactly. And that, that comes, that's the caveat of this whole deal is is the baggage that Cousins has, but but uh, there's there's that, and then there's also this crazy notion that you know, Rana Dive, the owner, apparently thinks that Buddy Heald has Steph Curry like potential, which is just insane. I mean, uh, you know, I, I guess I shouldn't say it's insane because five years ago, I don't think any of us expected Steph Curry to be a two-time MVP, and you know, you kind of thought his ceiling was. Uh, good solid player outside shooter was never going to be this good but that to me reminds me of when a when a sixth round quarterback gets taken I'm like well this guy could be Tom Brady he could more often he's not going to Steph Curry is a crazy story because of the fact it's so rare yeah I mean what's interesting to me about Buddy Heald is that his numbers are actually decent offensively he's a minus minus defender yeah. But he's become a, a yes. better than average three pointer as a rookie, a uh, three point shooter as a rookie. You yeah, know, his offensive game is coming around. I think the issue becomes one: will he ever 
step above a rotational guy or a bottom of the league right. starter into a star, which obviously, right. you know, I, I saw the same reports you did about King's ownership. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing, so let's talk about the King's perspective first, because I think, you know, I think everyone has kind of agreed the the Pelicans win the trade on the, you know, first blush, but from the King's, the surface, pers- yeah. from the King's perspective, I think the, the most scary thing that happened is this is a franchise that has been in disarray. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a bunch of new coaches, front office turnover. And right after the trade and they're getting blasted, Vlade Divac comes out and says, uh, <laughs> I had a better offer two days ago, but I had to take right. this because it's getting worse. One, right. how, what offer got taken off the table at the start of the All-Star break that wouldn't have been there at the right. end of the All-Star break? And two, why would you tell people that? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that to me felt like a face-saving move on, on his part to, you know, basically say, hey, don't don't blame me if this trade looks bad. Not my fault. Um, and, and it does look bad. I mean, I, I, I get the idea of, of looking at him and saying, A, he comes with a lot of baggage with his technicals and his attitude and all of that and b even even without that you know he hasn't gotten you anywhere so maybe you decide let's take our one big asset and and turn him into something but when you do that you want to turn him into something that you can see you know very quickly um, becoming another big asset as you can turn things around and build around and i don't think they did that again a, a mid first round pick probably even if the Pens miss the playoffs, they're probably going to be in that 11 to 14 range. Um, and, and Buddy Heald is just not, you know, to me, it's it's 30 cents on the dollar, which, I'm, uh, you know, I, I've heard people say that. That's exactly what this is. You know, they they traded a, a, a rusty, maybe not so in good shape dollar, but they only got 30 cents back. And like, well, you might as well have just hung on to the dollar. Yeah, well, and especially a dollar that wants to stay in your pocket when you're a small yeah. market team that has trouble attracting any sort of free agent. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he look, he does come with, with a big asterisk, you know, um, and and if you're New Orleans, um, it's worth the risk to me. It's You know, you, it might not work, but um, you had to do something to try to put somebody alongside Anthony Davis They've gone from the eight seed two years ago to regressing out of the playoffs last year. At this point, out of the playoffs this year, um, and you know this is Anthony Davis's window right now. We're in it, you know, and not to say he's he's old by any means, but you know what do you wait for? This is his, I think, fifth year in the league. So you know it's time to make something happen, and you know it's it's worth the risk. But you know that if a guy like that is available, there's probably a reason he's available, and you gotta you gotta hope that doesn't blow up in your face. Well, and also, in addition to that, there's a reason he's available. There's also a reason why you could get him for 30 cents on the dollar. That means no one else was willing to go 29. Uh, sure, sure, exactly. And what I think is interesting uh, from the Pelicans' perspective, one, obviously their front office, uh, Dell Demps, is in jeopardy constantly. Um, yeah. And the coaching changes with Gentry appear to have not, you know, led to this offensive explosion. Now, it's not his fault that no. Drew Holiday's wife has been sick, and so he's been saddled sure. without a point guard and things like that. But one thing that I like about this move, besides, you know, the obvious that it seems like a job-saving, you know, and potentially face-saving move for this franchise that's been really kind of disappointing other than having Davis, you know, yes. since it's, since it's, you know, since uh, Chris Paul 
wound Rebranding. up yeah. not yeah. being there. But when you think about what this is, everyone in the league has decided we're going to go small. We're going to be like yeah. We're going to be like the Warriors. We're going to go four out and maybe five uh-huh. out. But but not everyone can have a Draymond Green who can guard point guards to centers. Um, sure. It's an interesting move to have two guys who. You would imagine with Davis's shot blocking ability and Cousins' rebounding ability, they're going to have a lot of one tri- one shot trips yeah. against them, and yeah, they're you know they're going to be a matchup problem because you know it's not Olajuwon Samson, I don't think, but how do you stop two guys who can both step out to three or you know sky for offensive boards and dunk? I agree. Agree. I mean, yeah. The the you know the one that always comes to my mind is is you know Robinson Duncan, um, but that was you know for the most part you got Robinson at the end. The first couple of years Robinson was still really good, but you know as things progressed, you know his game faded and you know became more the, the face of the team. And, um, you know now you got two guys that are in their primes. I mean, twenty five and twenty two years old, I believe, or twenty three maybe in, in Davis's case. Uh, you know, so so it's it's interesting, yeah. Because you're right, the trend of the league lately has been small ball, three point shooting. Um, you know, stretch four has become a, a term that you know ten years ago you would have said that people would have looked at you like you were speaking Latin. Now everybody wants a stretch four, um, and, and they bring some element of that, but they also bring the you know the two big guys who can go inside and score, and um, they're kind of swimming against the tide, but. You know, sometimes that the thing that it takes to to get the tide going back the other way. You know, uh, a few years ago, if you advocate for a lineup with Draymond Green as your center, it would have been, how could you do that? Well, the, the Warriors found the right mix, and it, it worked. So, you know, it's interesting. Will it work? Uh, that'll be fun to see. You know, and if it doesn't, at the very least, they, they tried, and, and they can probably flip Cousins for something good in return, you know, a year from now maybe. Well, what's important here, I think, is the first half of that, which is they tried. And, you know, the Pelicans are a fringe playoff team with Davis and a bunch of, yeah. you know, middling Guys, to, basically. yeah, it's it's Davis, yeah. hope Drew Holiday's healthy, and then who knows. Yeah, but, right. But, you know, this at least is saying, look, we're giving this a go. We're not afraid of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh. You know, just personally, it's kind of funny because I went and saw them play the Suns on last Monday, and and I went and and you know I went with my dad and we we're talking as the you know as the game ended and we're leaving about how you know boy they you know they got to do something at some point to put a team around Davis because you know how long is Davis going to stay patient? And sure enough, just a couple of days later, you know Davis comes out and says, "I'm I'm here for the long haul," and uh, you know, and we've heard that before uh, from players and. And so they, you know, it's almost like they had the same thought of, hey, you know, we can't, we can't wait forever for a team to just form around Anthony Davis. We got to take a chance, and and they got a, you know, I think one of the top twenty players in the league, talent wise. Um, again, you know, understanding it comes with that caveat that brings an attitude. Um, but boy, if you can get the most out of him, and that's a big if. But if you can, then that's a heck of a combination to build around for a long time and makes you attractive to free agents. You know, if you're a free agent guard, uh, a Chris Paul who's played there before, um, and you're a free agent this offseason, maybe that's interesting to you. Go back to New Orleans. You got two 
great young kid that you can distribute the ball to? I, I don't know, but, you know, the possibilities out there at least. Yeah, look, and it gives them an identity beyond Anthony Davis. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you just, you know, Davis is really good, but we've seen this before. We've seen it with Kevin Love in Minnesota um, to, a, to a lesser extent, Kevin Garnett in Minnesota. You know, that one really good player that just they, they can never really get there because they can't find the right pieces around them. A little bit LeBron in Cleveland the first time. You know, LeBron got to the finals once and had some deep playoff runs. But, you know, that one really good piece, that's not enough. And, and so now you've got two and maybe that makes you attractive for a third. And then you got the makings of a contender. We'll see. That, that is, I think, going to be the most interesting plot. Um, also, I wouldn't count out the Jazz on that ace seed. I know that this move is very exciting, and I, you know, all of the hype is going to be on the Pelicans. But that that Jazz team's having a good season, and I think that oh, they're yeah. not going to just oh, roll over. Be, uh, no, no, no. I mean, they're they're in, they're much higher than the eight seed now. I think, aren't they? Um, yeah, mean, they've uh, they got off to a slow start, but they played really well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it'll be interesting, and, and obviously the the eight seed. Let's be honest, it's. Uh, you know, it's fodder to probably get beaten four or five by the Warriors. Um, but, you know, for, for a lot of the young teams that are competing for it, I think it'd be good just to get some playoff experience. And obviously for Cuz, he's never been there. So if you can get there and, you know, play some play some playoff games, and then next year it's not a new thing to you. I tell you back, I didn't mean the Jazz. I meant the Nuggets. I The Nuggets, okay. Yeah, yeah yes. And, they yeah, you're right about that. I mean, they are uh, – they are playing well, and they got a young core with with the you know this Jokic kid and Jamal Murray. Uh, you know some interesting pieces there that you can you know see forming into something. There's you know and Minnesota. I'm not I'm not writing off Minnesota just yet. They've been kind of disappointing this year, but but you know they're right there in the mix too. So you know it, uh, it's a race to probably get beat real quickly by Golden State, but it'll be fun to watch as the last two months unfold. Well, and for the younger teams, for the Pelicans, it's sort of a different setup than than the Nuggets or the Wolves. For the Pelicans, yeah. they need it because these guys are not super young but don't have playoff experience. With these other right. teams, getting the playoff experience when you've got young, talented guys who are just, you know, getting the flavor of it. Sure. Kind of like what Oklahoma City thought they were doing with you sure. know, Harden. And, and, and it started and, that way for them. I, I believe the first year they were an eight seed. and. And they got beat, and then the next year they made the conference finals. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes, you you know, you just need to take that first step. Mm-hmm. So, other interesting basketball news. ASU has three games left. They're all at home. Unfortunately, it's against the two L.A. schools in Arizona. So Right, pretty odds, good yeah. Odds are not great. Matt. No. Do we take one of three? I'm going to say yes. I don't want to say which one because I don't know which one. But, um, but you know, all three at home, um, we were very close to, to beating Oregon, who I think is right there on par with, with UCLA and Arizona. Um, you know, they've, they, uh, they beat UCLA once and they beat Arizona once. Um, and, and we were right there with them on the road. So, sure, I'm going to say we get, we get one. Maybe not over one of them, but I, I think we'll, we'll take one of the three. Well, if we if we win out, we will finish above 500 for the regular season. I don't think that will happen. <laughs> I don't think so either. Be nice, but uh, I don't I don't expect that. I would. Uh, yeah, 
say this. I'd be happy with one of three, especially if one is either UCLA or Arizona, because that would give you a, a feel-good moment at the end of a season. That, that hasn't had many. Um, you know, it's been a it's been a grind this year, and this this team's fought you know every inch of the way. I can't fault them for that. Um, but you know, there haven't been really a signature moment yet, and you know, being one of those two would, would provide that. Yeah, really, the, right now, the way I would describe the season is we played a lot of close games against a lot of obvious top 25 teams. And, yes. And, and, and that's not enough, but it's, it's certainly something to keep in mind as you head into next season with where, sure, with sure, where they yeah. could be. I mean, it, it's, yeah, you know, it's, it's a team that, you know, has, I believe, uh, shown the, the, mostly the progress I wanted to see. Um, given the just the shortcomings that you know can't can't be compensated for this year when it comes to depth and size and all those things, I mean you're you know it's not like the NBA where you can make a midseason trade and you know pick a personnel. It is what it is, and we didn't have a lot, but um, it did. You know, it showed me enough over the course of the year, and that's why winning one of these games against the top ten team would would be a nice little you know cherry on top of that. Of like okay. You know, not to say we're going to be a top ten team next year. I'm not fooling myself into that, but you know, we're we're ready to start competing with the big boys. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, I still we've talked about it before. I still trust what Hurley's doing. I don't think that there's oh, any sure. reason to have any cause for alarm right now. No, no, agree. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a it's a matter of getting the the players and. You know, this recruiting class, you have to you have to kind of label it an incomplete right now because, you know, two of your four guys that you brought in didn't see the court this year for different reasons. They'll be there next year, and then you hopefully get a, you know, a, a progression from Jethro as well. So, you know, that's the first class, and then the, and you got another class coming in with a couple of good, you know, highly rated guys, and that's when you can start to evaluate how good a coach he is when you, when you got players because – you know, you could you could be uh, Red Arbach or Phil Jackson. If you don't have players, you're not going to win. And right now, we just don't have enough good players. Yeah, I will say I, I've been impressed with the guys who Bobby Hurley's been able to find late. I think that mm-hmm. you know, Ramon Vila is a rotation caliber big. Sure, and agreed. And I think that that's surprising considering uh, how yeah. late no, in the I game agree. he yeah. came. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I I wasn't counting on he's um, you know one of those guys who kind of has benefited from just having to play, and and he's gotten better you know from from just being out there consistent. Yeah, and and I think that our our big situation without Aleka is obviously going to be an open question, but at least now we'll have two guys who played you know significant mm-hmm. time overall, if not in any yeah. one game. Yeah, yeah, and then, you know, you, I mean, Andre Adams finally saw the court, I noticed this weekend, not very long, but, you know, maybe he's a guy who in his second year back from a knee injury can give you something, and obviously Romello White, you know, will go a long ways, hopefully, toward helping that, uh, uh, you know, if he's, if he's the player he was supposed to be, so there's, there's at least, um, it seems like some potential depth there, maybe not a superstar big, but, but, you know, more options than we've had the last couple years. Absolutely agreed. Uh, and then we would be remiss if we did not touch on college football and the breaking 
news today that Ole Miss has self-imposed a one-year bowl ban effective for the 2017 season. They had already received a notice letter from the NCAA before today uh, alerting them to 13 infractions. <laughs> today they, they were notified of an amended infraction list that uh, expanded one of the 13 and then added eight more infractions and still none of them yeah. relate to Laramie Tunsil's statement during the draft that he had received money from a coach. There's a right. lot. There's a lot of problems happening in Oxford right now. I, th- you know, I think we're going to be surface. In, you know, yeah, we're, it's going to be yeah. an interesting situation to monitor. Very, very, yeah, yeah. I mean, it. Uh, you know, some of the things that are coming out. Um, does not you know it looks like this one year bull band is maybe a weak attempt by them to try to stem the tide of punishment but i don't know if it's going to work out because uh it, yeah there's a there's a mountain of things coming their way and um it, yeah, i don't know i don't know um you know we we talked about it years ago in relation to this class and uh you know the the vaunted 2013 class they had and you know how would there would there be question marks that came out of that and Sure enough, there are, and um, you know, yeah, they they may really have to pay the punishment for that when it comes down to it. Well, and what's interesting is this is a real world example of you know one of the questions you and I have talked about. Would you want sure. your program to have something like this with recruiting violations and issues like that? Because think about what they had. You know, they won the yeah. Egg Bowl. They were in you know in the running for the playoff. They made- they left. They made two major bowls. Yeah, yeah, I mean they they were in, believe, the Cotton Bowl one year, and then the Sugar Bowl the next. Um, uh, you know, they put three guys in the first round of the draft. Unheard of for Ole Miss. Um, yeah, I mean this this was, uh, you know, prior to Q Freeze, he had won ten games in a season once since 1971, and that was Eli Manning's senior year. So they don't do, you know, I mean <laughs> they don't have these kind of years and. Um, you know, I don't know. Was it worth it? You'd have to ask an old man, I guess, uh, because it, you know, it we might be on the downslide of it now. But yeah, the success was pretty good for a short amount of time. The highs were very high. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they didn't win a national championship or an SEC title. I suppose you know, if you're a if you're a Mississippi State fan, you're saying, ah, well, you know, what really they get for it? Well, what they got was a, a relevant spot in the national landscape for about three years, which, you know, we haven't really seen that much from Ole Miss. I mean, uh, you know, even Eli Manning, when he was there, didn't really have a great team. Um, you know, his last year they got to the Cotton Bowl and I think won 10 games, but that's it. Uh, you know, you got to go back to the Archie Manning days to find when Ole Miss was like a national power. Uh, so it, it's been a long time, and this made them that for at least a short period of time. Yeah, we'll find out how bad it gets, but uh, I don't think – that the one-year bowl ban is going to be enough to stem the tide of this NCAA investigation. Yeah, it's kind of hard to believe. Uh, you know, I, I obviously, uh, you know, you read that first and think, okay, you know, maybe this is. And then reading more about it, like, I don't know. If the, it just seems like a an attempt, but probably, you know, a little too late kind of attempt to, to uh, fight off the coming clouds of punishment. Yeah, if nothing else, I guess you hope that this just gets factored in and maybe, you know, you're only punished uh, 75% of where you could be. Could be, could be. And, and that's, you know, probably the thought process behind it is, you know, I mean, a lot of schools have done this lately. You try to 
you know, self-imposed penalties to at least water down how hard it hits you. And, uh, we'll see. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's not looking good based on the things that are coming out today. Well, also, when you've got the, you know, when you've got an elite true sophomore quarterback, it does help to put the bowl band in when you know you've got one more year with him after. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how this affects him, uh, you know, like I expressed to you, you know, via text earlier, you know, because their, their recruiting success certainly um, didn't carry over to this year. Now, I, you know, I always am hesitant to read too much into recruiting rankings, but what a very good year for them. And, um, you know, are they going to be able to surround him with enough talent? It's the question mark for me. Yeah. Well, we've got a lot of time before we get there. ASU starts spring football in a couple weeks. And yeah. that'll give us more to talk about as well as, right. uh, you know, NBA heating up in the post all-star break, post trade deadline world. And of course, March madness and, who's going to take it all and what that bracket's going to look like. So Matt and I will be here with you, all three of you who listen. (laughs) Until next time, (laughs) he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.